you're getting some scrutiny here. Do you think you deserve it? Yeah, you lose four, four games in the row. I'm the head coach of this team. Um, I expect it and I deserve it. Have you felt like you've gotten a play calling rhythm for a full game this season? Do you feel like that's working out? I don't think I've gotten a great rhythm. You know, and some of these, you know, I've done a, I think we've done on a couple drives, um, but we have not sustained that. And no, I haven't felt comfortable with it. Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and this is episode number 50 of the podcast. And what else would we do today other than react to the 49ers Week 7 loss against the Indianapolis Colts? The 49ers fall to 2-4 on the season after losing to Indianapolis 30-18. We're going to run through this game, takeaways from the game itself, but also the the longer view of what's to come next week against Chicago, but also what is going on with Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, in the quarterback situation because, oh, let me tell you, it is muddy and folks are angry, upset, and they want answers they are likely not going to get. So today we're going to try to... Uh, move our way and maneuver our way through that muddy water and try to maybe find out some answers and maybe kind of get ourselves in the right direction following that week seven loss. Uh, but let's start at the beginning of this game. Now, and the way we're going to do this is let's start in last week. Last week I talked about how I thought the Mud Bowl was a disadvantage to San Francisco. A team like Indianapolis who didn't have their, or who didn't have two of their three top receivers who didn't have, I believe, four cornerbacks in this game uh, and have a really piss-poor passing defense. Uh, 29th in the NFL via DVOA. On the flip side, they had the number one DVOA defense in the NFL, so I was really not surprised what I saw on Sunday uh, in regards to the outcome of the game, but it's how we got to the outcome that... I don't want to say was surprising in itself, but I do think that there were things that did catch me off guard. And that and that really starts where the game began. And San Francisco started off this game extremely hot. Uh, the offense moved the ball efficiently. They ran the ball well. They were passing uh, in the intermediate game very well. Garoppolo looked like a quarterback who had a week to recover off the, the calf injury, or actually a few weeks but looked like a quarterback after the bye week got things right, kind of felt under control of the offense. Uh, and they went down the field and they scored six points, uh, but they got a touchdown. Uh, Joe Sly missed the field goal or the extra point, but again, 6 nothing San Francisco. Uh, and it looked like that this was going to be a game that San Francisco was at least going to be in to the end of the game. But then the defense played their part as well. Josh Norman got the fumble. And the Niners go up nine nothing. Now you're saying, well, the defense is playing well, the offense is playing well. Uh, where, like, like this is going to be a good game for the Niners. They're going to get back on track. And there was some optimism, uh, despite how awful that rain was in Santa Clara. I myself had to drive to San Francisco on Sunday for work. I had to drive, and that was driving the cyclone bomb that they deemed it uh, via the Weather Channel. And again, me driving wasn't that bad, but I couldn't imagine playing football in it. Because it looked awful. Uh, Jimmy had to, you know, it, 
had to use two gloves. It was two-glove Jimmy G out there on Sunday. And again, what a mess. But despite the mess, despite the mud, uh, and shout-out to the Niners ground crew keeping that turf intact. We know that Levi Stadium has had a lot of problems in the past in regards to bad turf or bad grass. So kudos to them for keeping that game safe and clean. The Niners had, I think, three injuries, uh, only one of them being a a lower body one on Jaquiski Tart. But other than that, great job uh, keeping guys safe out there in what could have been a very disastrous situation. But the Niners are up 9 nothing. So it's 9 nothing. We're feeling good. Faithful's feeling good. Going to get back on track. Hoping to be around 3-3 three and three, uh, by the end of game time. But then everything fell apart. And I want to point to a few things, a handful of things here. And that's capitalizing on mistakes. One... In football, the turnover battle is arguably the biggest kind of battle there is. When a team loses, especially by a big margin, you look at, well, did they win the turnover battle? And on Sunday, San Francisco won. They lost the turnover battle. But two, they failed to capitalize when Indianapolis did indeed turn the ball over. Uh, On Sunday, the Colts fumbled two times. The Niners put up three total points. They could not capitalize on the Colts giving the ball away. Then you flip that. The Niners turned the ball over four times on Sunday. The Colts Colts scored 21 points. You cannot win football games when you're playing sloppy football, when you're not taking care of the ball. And I get it. Again, the conditions for this game weren't great. Receivers were dropping passes. Uh, Running backs were, again, fumbling. Jimmy Garoppolo fumbled. Snaps were being botched. It was a tough game to, you know, play secure football. Uh, But when you fumble or lose the ball four times and play careless or reckless with the ball, it's very hard to win. But then you add in the factor of the other team, the opposing team being the Colts, they put up 21 points off of the turnovers the Niners had. I mean, take away 29 points from, or 21 points from the Colts via turnovers... This game is, what, 9-18? Like, this is not the same game here. And it's not the only reason why they lost, and we'll get into more of those soon, but you cannot give away, give your opponent 21 points. That's exactly what San Francisco did on Sunday, and you just can't do that if you want to be successful in this league, especially when you're fighting for a playoff spot. And like we talked about last week, how important these two games are to the San Francisco season and Jimmy Garoppolo's tenure. Now, going down the laundry list of issues we had on Sunday, the penalties. Uh, and, and, and a caution of Arathan had this on his Twitter account, so I want to give him a shout-out here. But in 2019, the Niners were penalized 117 times for 1,032 yards. This year, they are on pace for 121 total penalties, so already four more than 2019. And they're on pace to be penalized 1,532 yards. You cannot win that way. You're giving away points. You're giving away yards. If you want to know the two ways to lose a football game quickly, easily, it is giving away the ball and giving the other team yards when they have the ball. Those are two things San Francisco has done, or at least did poorly, against the Colts. Going down that list continues. Defensive PIs. I don't know, and it's funny because my dad was like, why are guys holding defenders or or, or receivers? 
like is that the scheme and in my head i was like no it's not the scheme no no defender is taught to immediately grab a receiver like that's not like again be physical and that's how josh norman likes to play that's how sherman liked to play early in his career i understand sherman's not here anymore but that that mentality is still kind of present in the secondary room of san francisco and so and i'm all for that if you want to play physical defense that's fine with me I, I would rather you play physical defense because in playoff games, usually it pays off. And I think we, we've seen that in the majority of years. If you play physical defense, come big games, they're likely not going to call that. Now, I know that Islanders have their own history with the refs in the playoffs, but that usually <laughs> is the case. And so this year, it's been concerning. You can argue that the Packers game was given away via defensive PI. Now, I know there were some no calls in that game that went in the Niners' favor, but you can argue that Packers' game uh, was maybe not determined, but ultimately, the defensive PIs did play a major factor in that game. Now, go to Sunday. There was a handful of defensive PIs that went into the Colts' favor because San Francisco was either running into receivers, they were holding them, 10 yards down the field in the end zone, giving the Colts an easy opportunity to score. And all these things tie into each other. Again, you give the ball up to the other team, you're giving them more chances to score. You give them better opportunities to score when you're being penalized, especially when it's a big chunk play like defensive PIs. How many times did Carson Wentz throw the ball 40, 50 yards down the field to Michael Pittman only for a 90 defender to run into that receiver, and it costs them 50 yards, a big chunk play. And then the Colts are inside around 10 with a first down again. It's like a smart defense was not played on Sunday. Now, in the trenches it was, in the linebacker group it was, but not in the secondary. And... Again, I think the job Demeco Ryans has done, like we just praised him two weeks ago for for taking care of business versus Kyler Murray. Niners still lost, but that game was not on the defense. But the two games you can point to and say, well, the defense kind of fell apart when it mattered was the Packers game and this game. Now, again, we will get into the offensive struggles versus the Colts very quickly here, but the defense is falling apart in pivotal situations. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, Demeco Ryans, they will discuss situational football. We have to be better in situational football. And the Niners so far are not good in situational football. They're not good on third down offensively, which we'll go through the math here quickly, uh, but they're not good uh, when it comes to defensive PIs. The Niners this year lead the NFL in defensive pass interference calls. Atlanta is in 5th with 6th, Washington in 4th with 7th, Cleveland and Tampa Bay tied for 2nd and 3rd with 10, but San Francisco has 14, leads the NFL, 14 defensive pass interference calls. They've given up a free 250 yards on defensive pass interference calls alone. Again, you cannot give away points and yards if you want to win in the NFL, there are many reasons why the Niners are 2-4 and four this year. And in two games, you can point to defensive PI playing a major role 
in those games. Now, ironically, both those games are on Sunday Night Football against teams where you could argue the Niners should have beaten. Like, the Niners should be 5-0 this year, in reality. They've lost every single game outside of this one. This game was their first loss more than one score. And I can argue that they should have won this game more than the Cardinals game, the Packers game. Uh, and, again, like like this just... It's frustrating because we're so close, yet for some reason it's so far away. Like, we're so close to winning, yet that distance seems like it's miles and miles apart. And I do think this comes down to a combination of, again, giving the ball away, giving the opponent free yards, but also... When we have the football, and I want to ask you a question here, what is the one thing that I talked about in the preseason about why Jimmy Garoppolo should remain this team's starting quarterback? It came down to efficiently moving the ball down the field and third down efficiency, third down success. And again, I want to preface this by saying that Jimmy Garoppolo played one half against Seattle. Trey Lance played the entire game against the Cardinals. So this is more of an overarching offensive issue. But again, this does come into the conversation of Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance. And we will talk about that as this podcast goes on. But these are offensive issues that do affect that quarterback conversation. And I want to talk about third down efficiency here. Versus Seattle, the Niners were 2 for 14 on third downs. That is a 14.3 conversion rate on third down. Against Arizona, 3 for 11. 27.3 conversion rate. Again, that's a little better. That's 7 points better. Or, excuse me, 13 points better. I cannot do math. Wow. 13 points better than it was against Seattle. Then you can add in, well, Lance can run a little bit. But again, 3 for 11 is awful. Now go to the Indianapolis game. 1 for 11 on third downs. A 9.1 conversion rate. Now I get it's raining, but it wasn't like the Niners weren't good on the ground. It wasn't like at times they weren't opening up the passing game and making plays. I mean, come on now. Elijah Mitchell had his first career 100-yard rushing game, 18 carries, 107 yards, 5.9 yards on the ground. The Niners averaged 4.6 yards on, on, on the ground this year. And that's... You know, it, it's uh, it, there's a negative effect because Jermichael Hasty had 0.3 yards on the ground. Like, they were running the ball effectively on the ground. Jimmy Garoppolo, and we'll get into those two drives he was good in, there were two drives where you're like, oh, wow. Like, this offense looks like how it did two years ago, or at least, you know, in mediocre games two years ago, where you can say, well, and eh, you know, the drive wasn't great, but the outcome was phenomenal. Like, the Niners scored on three plays, seven yards in a minute and 12 seconds in the second half. They passed the ball three times. Garoppolo was doing bootlegs. He was out of the pocket. He was hitting Charlie Warner deep, hitting Debo deep. Like, there was an off-schedule play. We'd never see that happen with Garoppolo, usually. And he hit Debo for a touchdown. Like, there were a lot of things to like in this game. But overwhelming, just upsetting, disappointing, and I put on Twitter, I have no words for the offense. You have a whole bye week to prep and get healthy for a team like the Colts, who, and again, I said, I 
thought we were going to lose this game because the weather favored them. But, I mean, geez. Like, I'm sure, just like yourself, like all the faithful, we're sitting there like, are we really about to lose to the Colts? And now again, I I wasn't surprised by the outcome. I was just surprised of how we got there. Like, we had two good drives all game. But a lot of that comes down to, again, third down efficiency. You cannot, like, every time San Francisco got on third down, well, drive's over. Drive's over. We had five straight three and outs. You can't win games like that. It, it reminded me of the Super Bowl, where if we didn't score, we didn't move the ball. And it was back and forth, back and forth. And yes, that's how those games go. But it just reminded me of this kind of complacent offense where it was like, well, we're just trying to play good defense here. We're just trying to play good defense here. And again, the 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 audio I played from Kyle Shanahan, he knows that he has not gotten in rhythm. He knows that he is as much of to blame for the offensive struggles as Garoppolo, as Ayuk, as Debo, as the offensive line, as the run game. And look, a lot of context. Context matters. But when you're giving up big plays, chunk plays, 57-yard bomb from Wentz to Pitts, or Pittman, excuse me, uh, Wentz scrambled for 17 yards, big first down play on third down, 28-yard bomb to from Wentz to Pittman late in the game to seal the victory. You're giving up chunk plays, you're giving them free yards, and you're giving them the ball. Those are mostly offensive issues outside of penalties and and big chunk plays, but then when you even get the ball back to hopefully tie the game up or win the game, you are digging yourself into a further hole. There is no offensive fluidity. There is no rhythm. Garoppolo has said this. Shanahan has said this. There's been no rhythm. We're trying to get into rhythm. If people want to point fingers, well, it's Shanahan's fault and it's Garoppolo's fault. It's everyone's fault. There's only so much a quarterback can do with a bad play caller. There's only so much a good play caller can do with an average quarterback. There's only so much Debo and Kittle and Ayuk can do with two of their two of the top needs for a good offense, a good play caller, and a at least average quarterback are off their game or can't find themselves working as a finely tooled machine. People want to point blame here and Again, I'm not saying it's 50-50 because, you know, Garoppolo left some plays out there, missed Sanu wide open, missed Ayuk wide open. A lot of things this team needs to clean up. A lot of things. But this game came down to much more than just Shanahan and Garoppolo stink, fire both of them. This game came down to there is no direction for the offense. If you want to run the football, you did that. You did that. 107 yards for Mitchell. You were doing it successfully. If you want to run bootlegs, you did that successfully. But for some reason, those play calls weren't called the entire game. Even Darius Leonard said, thank God that Shanahan and Garoppolo stopped running bootlegs. This more so falls on Shanahan for not calling bootlegs, but thank God they didn't do that anymore because they were eating us up. 
Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if they call bootlegs the entire game, Colts don't figure it out eventually, but when you're getting Garoppolo out of the pocket and giving him or buying him two, three, four more extra seconds, maybe he hits Ayuk in the middle of the field. Maybe he finds an open Sanu or or finds an open Warner or Dwelly or just finds four or five more yards, which then turns that third down efficiency into 8-11, and 7-11, anything better than 1-11. and 11. Like, if you're converting, at best, 27.3% on third downs in your last three weeks, what does that tell you? It's not a, it's your fault, Shanahan, it's your fault, Grapple. It's, it's, it's a unit problem. There's no camaraderie, there's no chemistry. It's 53 guys on an offense, 11 guys running staggered and not playing cohesive football. It's a quarterback wanting to do this thing. It's a head coach wanting to do this thing. But the issue is, and I'm not saying there's this battle in the you know the huddle saying, well, I'm not going to run this play or I'm not going to call this play. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is, is that when a head coach and quarterback can't get into rhythm, it's very much like a pitcher and a catcher. It's very much like, you know, there's a reason why, if you baseball fans are out there, there's a reason why Kevin Gosman was usually caught by Kirk Casale this year. Because he had better chemistry with him. He, Casale knew what pitches Gosman wanted to throw in certain situations. He knew how to read him better. And at least this season, it looks like Shanahan has lost his read on the offense. And Garoppolo has lost his touch with his receivers and tight ends and running backs. There's no cohesiveness. This is, and my, my mom, actually, who doesn't even like football, kind of put it this way, where it was more so of like, well, and she's talking about Shanahan. She was like, well, Shanahan seems like a guy, and again, she does not watch football unless it's my dad, my brother, and myself watching it together. But she said, Shanahan seems like a guy that says, well, this is my job. This is your job. This is your job. You know, Ryan runs the defense. I run the offense. Jimmy plays quarterback. There's no, you know, com- there is no cohesiveness of what do you want to run here? What do you want to, like, what do you think's best here? There's no mound visit if you want to use a baseball analogy again. It's just run the play how I say it. And I understand that that means there's maybe, I don't want to say a lack of respect because that seems like it's really bad. But they're just like a quarterback and head coach need to be not tied at the hip, but there needs to be this ultimate trust and respect. And it's just not there. And, I, and for a while, the conversation was, it goes from Shanahan doesn't trust Garoppolo. I'm wondering if the the offseason and how it went, I'm wondering if that led Garoppolo to maybe not trusting Shanahan as much. To, I'm only here until I'm not. I'm not saying he's checked out, by any means. He needs to play well for himself. Which ultimately helps the team. What I'm saying here is, is that, because Everything he's been through, this media, this tirade against him, the fan base collectively going against him, Shanahan's kind of backhanded comments in podcasts and even in the media and having to publicly apologize to Garoppolo in the media and saying, I had to call him right after to say, I'm sorry, it's not how I wanted to come across. Like, those things affect people. I'm lucky to work at a place where I have co-workers that we can work cohesively. 
where if something needs to get done, we can talk about what's the best way to do it. What is the most efficient way to do it at my job? But on the football field, it seems like I'm going to hold this playbook. I'm going to call a play. And if it works, well, whatever. Then on to the next play. It's never, there never seems to be this, oh, well, how can we get better there? Or what's working today? And again, the Niners fall to 1-10 in their last 11 home games. They haven't won a home game since October 18th, 2020, over 365 days. They are 23-33 at home since moving to Levi Stadium. That does not include those three losses in Arizona. So in total, they are 23-36 and at home since moving to Levi Stadium. And I think... We are now at this point in the season where there's this kind of, everyone wants to find someone to blame. And this is how people are in life. This, this is how this, this, this fan base has been for the entire offseason for 2019's collapse in the Super Bowl to 2020. Uh, humans are like this, where they want to find something to blame so they can justify a feeling. And... That's not wrong. It's not wrong to feel that way. Uh, when you know Whether it's your friends or it's a movie or it's sports, humans want something to blame. And that's the question we're all asking now. Again, is it Shanahan? Is it Garoppolo? Is it the defense? Is it the running game? Is it the offensive line? Who can I point a finger out to justify how I feel? To justify going from Garoppolo to Lance, to go and justify in my opinion, a ridiculous feeling of fire Kyle Shanahan. To go from saying, like, why isn't Ayuk playing? Is it Shanahan's fault? Is it Ayuk's fault? Who can I, please give me someone to point my finger out and and and, and target my anger or frustration for? And one, you're never going to get that. <laughs> just, it's just the way the organization is run. We, As a fan base, we are never going to get someone to point a finger at. We just aren't. That's not who Shanahan or Lynch is. They're not going to give us a name, which then leads to the fan base pointing fingers at them, saying, give us a name, or I'm going to blame you. But like, I, I do think we're at this point in the season where it's, we are, I don't know if you guys watch a lot of YouTube or, you know, the theory of like the iceberg theory of, you know, everything on top maybe isn't okay, but you can Look under the surface and there's 70 million problems. Or there's 30 other things that can explain why the top looks like how it does. Where the top is super thin. Niners are 2-4. and four, Lost three straight home games. Or excuse me, they've lost three straight games, four straight games start the year after being 2-0. and oh. And everything kind of seems like, ooh, like it doesn't look pretty, but there's somehow still hope there maybe. But look under the water, and it's this entire huge rock of reasons to explain. An entire huge iceberg of things you can point to and go, well, that's the reason why this is happening on top of the surface. And this Niners iceberg, to me, points to everything is coming to a head. And we're seeing more things get exposed as the weeks go on. The roster management, the front office. The moves they've made, the quarterback controversy that took over the entire offseason and is still continuing now into the regular season, the head coaching miscues, the undisciplined nature of the defense is culminating 
at this team's 2-4 and four record, and best believe the Niners' season relies on what happens in Chicago this coming Sunday. If they blow this game against Chicago, fingers are already, you know, pointed at Garoppolo and Shanahan, then it turns to knives. Then people are calling for guys to be fired, guys to be traded, guys to be released, guys to be benched. And the season starts to collapse in on itself and everything under the surface starts to get exposed one by one. Players get frustrated. Guys who maybe aren't getting playing time start speaking out. And then it turns into disaster. The team is 2-5, and five, likely out of the playoffs. The trade deadline looms shortly after the Chicago game. That iceberg gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, the, the water cannot hide things that are underneath it. The surface layer of the iceberg starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger because things start to get exposed. And that's kind of where we are right now. Kyle Shanahan has people calling for his jobs after an offseason where the only Shans, great name by the way, were brought into their first year, <laughs> their first year of existence. But Kyle Shanahan right now, since the Niners let go of Steve Mariucci, Kyle Shanahan has the worst, the second worst, excuse me, uh, one of the worst starts in, in, in Niners history as a coach. Dennis Erickson, 9-13, 281 win percentage. Mike Nolan, 18-37, and 37, a 327 win percentage. Mike Singletary, 18-22, and 22, a 450 win percentage. Jim Harbaugh, 44-19-1, won 69.5% of his games. Jim Tom Sula, 6-11, 35% of his games. Chip Kelly, 2-14, won 12% of his games. And Kyle Shanahan is 31-39. And, and he's only won 44.3% of his games. That's worse than Harbaugh. And surprise, surprise, that's worse than Mike Singletary. He is below 500 and is, at this point, looking at his he lost a losing season in 2017, losing season 2018, a winning season, surprise, surprise, in 2019, but a losing season in 2020, and it looks like now a losing season in 2021 if things don't change. You can't lose four out of five years and expect yourself or at least your seat to not get hot. Now, I'm not saying fire Shanahan, but the iceberg is starting to get exposed. The fan base is starting to... Uh, get a little angrier. And that again, I, that frustration can be seen, going back to the bootlegs, of why did we stop calling bootlegs? Why is Kyle Shanahan not using Jimmy Garoppolo in his strengths? Jimmy Garoppolo, with play action against the Colts, 8 for 11, 126 yards, one touchdown, and 147, or excuse me, 140.7 rating. Really good numbers. Really good numbers. Without play action. 8 for 16, 55 yards, 2 interceptions, 18.5 rating. Now again, I'm not saying it's all on Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy Garoppolo has to make better throws. He has to read the field. You cannot just force feed Debo Samuel in triple coverage. And 
Because then it allows fans to wonder what's going on. It allows these conspiracy theories to float out there of, well, Shanahan hates Garoppolo and all this stuff. But one thing is for certain, we know who Jimmy Garoppolo is. We know, even under the layer of the iceberg, who Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's a quarterback who needs a good running game. And once you can establish that, he can execute the play action to near perfection. 8 for 11, 126 yards, 1 touchdown, 140.7 rating. Near perfection. The Niners had 107 yards on the ground against the Colts from one running back. They averaged 4.6 yards on the ground. They could have ran play action almost all game. And they would have been successful. They would have had guys open. Garoppolo can find guys in the flat and get you five, six, eight yards. He can work efficiently. He can do the things we saw in 2019. He can do the things he's known for. Yet for some reason, we keep, or Shanahan keeps not doing play action calls, not calling play action plays for Garoppolo, who is most successful in those calls. Which then goes back to third down efficiency. This all ties together. Third downs, bootlegs, play action, defensive PIs, turnovers, penalty yards, it all ties together. This is an undisciplined team on both sides of the ball. Shanahan's not disciplined in his play calling. The defense is not disciplined when it comes to penalties, when it comes to defending receivers and tight ends. Jimmy Garoppolo is not disciplined when he's dropping back in the pocket. He's looking at Debo and only Debo. And it just baffles me as to how it got this far. How did we get here? I'm sure it's a question everyone's asking. How did we go from 2019 Super Bowl near Super Bowl champions or to at least looking like a perennial contender in the NFC to now 2-4 and four with the quarterback controversy and so many issues starting from the, the front office, the head coach, all the way down to the 53rd man on this roster. And... Again, the answer is I have no answers. Nobody has any answers as to what's going on. But we did get one answer. <laughs> we got one answer from Kyle Shanahan today. And he said the Niners are going to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback on Sunday versus the Bears. And that Trey Lance will not see more first-team reps since he's still recovering from the injury. Now, Shanahan also added that if Lance is healthy enough, there's a good chance he does see the field. Now, obviously, that means as uh, filling in for Garoppolo on certain plays like we've seen in the past. But I think this is very telling of the current situation the Niners are in. And I talked about last week how, how, how important these two weeks were for Garoppolo, how important it was for his tenure in San Francisco. And I don't know what the future holds for him. I think we all know eventually it'll be Trey Lance's team. But we all know in, in two weeks, November 2nd, it's not very far away, that that trade deadline's coming up. Now, who knows what a team is willing to offer? Who knows if the Niners even entertain 
at this point. In my opinion, the last thing you want to do is bench a guy to have to trade the guy because the value's all gone. But we're at a part of the year where his value is so down because of bad play calling, bad execution, and no rhythm in the offense where you may get the same offer now as you would in the offseason. But there's also part of my brain that says, well, come draft day, come you know, come closer to the offseason for teams that may, that may be... Uh, maybe win more than they thought they would this year that, may, well, maybe you can get a sucker team involved and they can give you a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick and you don't feel too bad about another bad season of Niner football. But this Sunday is so important for Garoppolo, and I'll talk about this more uh, later in the week, but in my opinion, this is it. This He had his... He's one game to get back from the injury, and there were some definite bright spots. That play action was phenomenal. And there were some definite low spots. Two picks, a fumble, just ugly football from Garoppolo. And this is coming from someone who believes he they made the right choice in starting him. But I think Kyle Shanahan saying, look... We're sticking with Garoppolo. Now, he didn't say for how long. I think was a good thing to say. Because if the Niners lose this Sunday against the Bears, and I'll talk about this later in the week, but if they lose against the Bears, he's done. He has to be. He has to be done. Kyle Shanahan wants to say, well, you don't you don't start a quarterback or start making massive changes like get just to get guys reps until you're out of the playoffs. Well, if you lose on Sunday, you might as well consider yourself out of the playoffs. How many teams do you know that have gone from three games under 500 and climbed back into a playoff race? Very hard. Very hard. Near impossible. Now I get there's 18 weeks, 17 games, things can change. One extra game to fight your way back in. I, I get that. But this team... They're they're their own worst enemy. And nothing they've shown really proves to me that they are going to get out of their own way. I don't know if that... Maybe that's different to you. Maybe you think that, well, they can clean things up and they can get back on track. And there's part of me that really hopes so. But the 99.9% of myself doesn't buy it. And that's not me trying to... Hate on my team. When I gave my prediction last week, I got a lot of people saying, well, have some faith in your Niners. I have faith in my Niners. But I know what this team is. They are not a Super Bowl contender. I've been saying that since week two, week one. This team is in their own way in every step of the way. They do not play clean football. They shoot themselves in the foot constantly. They have inconsistent quarterback play. They are they have riddled with injuries. They have one of their best assets on the bench because him and the head coach have beef. Like Brandon Ayuk had one target, one catch on six yards on Sunday. Kendrick Bourne, four targets, four catches, 68 yards, one touchdown pass. Dante Pettis in New York had five targets, five catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown pass. Now, what does that really mean? Uh, Not much. You're comparing guys where you can find any ex-player from any team. That's true. 
It's true. So I'll give you a little more. A little more, a little bit of the nugget to uh, to kind of look at. To kind of, let's dive in a little deeper here. And the TV graphic they showed, I think, was very telling. Week one, against the Lions, Ayuk ran 15 routes, was targeted zero times. Week two, against the Eagles, ran 19 routes, targeted two times, one reception. Week three, against the Packers, 39 routes run, six targets, four receptions. Week four, against the Seahawks, 33 routes run, three targets, one reception. Week five, against the Cardinals, 27 routes run, four targets, two receptions. In this game against the Colts, he played 40 snaps, was targeted one time, and had one reception. That's really bad. He also had one running play. He touched the ball two times. Two times. When your number two receiver, and in many of our eyes, potentially number one receiver, if they can get whatever's going on figured out, is only playing 40 snaps and touches the ball two times, the most targets he's had in the game all year was six? Like, come on. You can't win this way. This is what I mean by getting in their own way. Penalties, doghouse, turnovers. You can argue your 2021 San Francisco 49ers are not a good football team. Are not a good football team. And that is baffling to hear knowing the expectations going into the season. Knowing, knowing where this team should be. This team should at least be 5-1. and one. At least 5-1. and one. And you can argue they could be 6-0. and oh. But they keep getting in their own way because they are undisciplined. And I think, again, going back to the quarterback conversation here for one second before we wrap things up, this... This team is, uh, it's so hard to listen to the same press conferences every week. Got to get better. Got to clean things up. Got to get in rhythm. Got to get better. It makes you want to, it makes you want to lose your mind. You know, it's the old adage is, you know, insanity is saying the same things, doing the same things over and over and over again and expecting the same results. That is the San Francisco 49ers. They are a team surrounded by insanity, by their own doing. This isn't a year where COVID's affecting the roster, or there's fires in Santa Clara to begin the season. That's not this. This team is relatively healthy compared to what it was last year. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have Kinlaw. Yeah, you don't have Verrett and Mostert, and those things hurt. Mitchell has been better than what was expected. This is a team riddled by leadership that has, I don't want to say no idea what they're doing, but no direction as to where to go for the franchise. And this is, there is nothing more telling than what Kyle Shanahan 
said, again, going back to Trey Lance, where it's like, look, Garoppolo's a starter. Uh, Trey Lance is is recovering from the injury still, which he's not going to play as much because of the injury. He's going to have a short week of practice, and then he'll try to get back out there, and we'll see how it goes there. One, to all the people who said they're, they're faking a Lance injury, you're full of it, because Shanahan admitted today that the, the injury is a little more serious than they thought. Nothing to be concerned about. Just need to make sure he's healthy before running him back out there. He's a physical quarterback. You don't want him taking hits and hits and hits over and over and over again when he's not completely healthy. So the injury a little more serious than what they thought. Still minor, but still something to look out for. But on top of that, this is Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion at least, trying to ride this line of we need Garoppolo to start to build up his trade value because we think he gives us the best chance to win and to, for whatever reason, we need him to reestablish himself as the tradable asset in order for their trade-up for Lance to be worth it. Unfortunately, (laughs) Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo have not held up their end of the bargain. And Kyle Shanahan is still trying to ride this line of, well, I, w- I want to play Lance when he's healthy because the team isn't playing well, but I still want to start Garoppolo because, well, he still technically does give us the best chance to win. And to justify trading up for Lance, since he's not ready yet, technically, and he's really not ready yet, well, we need to have Garoppolo play. And he's caught in the middle of, I don't know what to do. Because... Best believe what Kyle Shanahan saw against the Cardinals, and I think we all saw, was a quarterback who may not be ready, but a quarterback more ready than we thought. But on the flip side, if Jimmy Garoppolo can play to his strengths and Kyle Shanahan can play to his strengths, this team can win football games. They can beat the Bears. They can beat the Texans and the Jaguars. They can probably play the Colts or not the Colts, they can probably play the Rams at least tough. They can beat Seattle the second go-around. They can beat the Titans with Garoppolo. There's a winning football team in here somewhere. But the issue is, Shanahan and this team is trying to ride this fine line, right? We don't want to make too many statements. Don't want to pick a quarterback. Don't want to you know, make a proclamation and then have to change our mind because a guy gets hurt or a guy isn't ready yet. You have to make a decision. The worst leadership is indecisiveness. That's what we have here. If you are full go on Jimmy's side, say Jimmy's a quarterback, we support him, he's our guy, Like that's what we're going for. But if you want to go with Lance, say, look, you know we're going to wait to hear back on Lance and see how things are. And, you know, once he's healthy, you know, We'll get into that conversation, I guess, and and we'll see how it goes. But right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter, but until then, and we're taking week by week at this point, and Shanahan doesn't want to create a media stir. Well, you already have by not saying anything. Like, he's trying to be this quiet, oh, like, no one knows what I think. No one knows. Everyone's at arm's reach. Well, that works until what you've done, your arm's reach, has failed. And that's what's happened. You've allowed this media circus to happen because you don't talk to many people. People are at arm's length. And I get it. The Niners need Jimmy Garoppolo to reestablish him, himself. 
as a tradable asset. They need him. They need him to play well to recoup some of the assets that they traded for Trey Lance to aid this team once Lance is the full-time starter. The issue is they played this on-the-fence game for too long. And look, I am all for Garoppolo starting. If that's what Shanahan wants to do, we'll see how it goes. What I'm not for is a head coach who has asked us to trust him for five years, but has failed four out of the five or is failing in his fourth out of fifth year as a head coach. 2019 doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter. We can forgive 2020, but right now, Kyle Shanahan is a 31 and 39 head coach. That's who he is. I called him a genius loser last week. That's what he is. Kyle Shanahan, and, and look, I hate going down people's roads and complaining about people because they're humans. But sometimes people bring it on themselves. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play well. In fact, I think he sucked on Sunday. You can tell by the end of that game and go back and watch it. I watched it again today. That final two drives they had, he did not care. He pushed that big jacket off of him, went out there and threw a pick and said, ah, whatever. They gave up. I'm not saying he's a quitter. They gave up. He said, oh, Dino was open somewhere and threw it to him. That's literally all it was. He knew they were going to lose. He didn't care. He didn't care. He was done with the game. Game was over. Well, whatever. We lost. Now, again, he cares if they win or lose, but at that point in the game, he was done. And uh, there's something going on. It's a funk, and I do think it's a little more personal than people think it is. I think Shanahan has got himself so wound up, so I'm a genius, I'm a genius, I have to make everything so perfect, I'm going to tighten the screws and make sure you know, the serum and the chemicals are working together. There's a reason why they call mad scientists mad scientists. They go mad. And they get crazy, and they don't know what to do anymore. They lose themselves in their work. And I do think Kyle Shanahan has got himself in over his head trying to balance Garoppolo and Lance, and he's becoming this mad scientist that has gone so mad, he's lost his genius and is losing himself in the season, in trying to execute everything to perfection trying to manage every single aspect of this team, of the quarterback controversy, of the roster moves. Sometimes letting things go, he's a control freak. And they tell you, the hardest thing is to let things go. Let someone else, trust somebody else to take care of it. He needs to trust Jimmy Garoppolo to take care of the offense. He needs to trust John Lynch to make GM decisions. He needs to aid Trey Lance in his development, give him everything he needs, but ultimately trust him that he's going to be the guy they need him to be when it matters. And right now, Shanahan's playing this line, towing this line, and it's going to backfire. It is backfiring this at this point. Now, they can turn things around, whether it's going to Lance or Garoppolo, and everything will be okay. I truly believe there is a bright spot at the end of the tunnel. But... We are digging ourselves into a deeper hole every single week, being indecisive, being too controlling of a situation where 
You brought these guys in. You're paying these guys big money for a reason. Let them show you why. Don't pigeonhole your players. Don't pigeonhole your front office counterparts. If he needs to have an offensive coordinator, let him have, let him have an OC. If he needs to have Lynch take more control of the of the front office, let him take control. If Garoppolo needs to run more off-schedule plays, let him run off-schedule plays. But I do think where they're at, everyone's in their own head. There's no clarity. It's a black cloud over the entire organization because no one knows the direction of this team. The fan base doesn't know, and they're not supposed to know. They're they're not going to know until they see it. The issue is, I don't think Kyle Shanahan really knows. They're just like, well... Lance is the future. That's not an answer. That like that's not good enough. Not for me. I don't. I don't care. Like I like Lance. I love Lance. I don't need to hear he's the future. I need to see you have a plan for the organization, for this team, because that's when people get fired. Not having a plan, a path to follow. Not having a vision as to what things look like. The offense has been bad. The defense has had miscues when it matters most. And everything they've done is starting to backfire on them because it's starting to create this media circus. And they don't have the direction for this franchise. They don't have the direction for this organization and this team currently. They're 2-4 and four for a reason. They're undisciplined from the top to the very bottom. And it's led to a 2-4 and four record. And it's causing the fan base to panic. And it's ultimately going to cause this team to suffer another losing season if they do not get themselves on track. If they do not get back to that vision we saw in 2019, 2018, where there were stepping stones to greatness. They've fallen off the path. It's time to get back on before it's too late and everyone starts turning on each other and everyone starts turning on Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. It's time to get back on that path. And no matter what happens with this team, no matter what moves they make, who's starting at quarterback, the inactives for Sunday against the Bears, the organization's road to victory, the path of the franchise, to follow all that stuff and know when that's going to happen, to hear what Shanahan said in his latest press conference where Garoppolo said after the game, you are going to want to follow us on social media, Instagram, at 49ers.access, Twitter, at 49ers underscore access, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a review, this has been an elongated version of the 49er Access podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. And I can't wait to talk to you guys very soon. I love you guys. You're, you're a great fan base to have. You're great listeners. I appreciate all your love and all your kindness. And I cannot wait to do this again very soon to preview that Chicago Bears game later on this week. My name is Sterling Bennett. And until next time, stay faithful.